<laughs> yeah, very funny. Yeah. It's the Under the Bar podcast, and we're coming to you today from no longer the Eagle Waves Radio nah, Studios. Tommy, I thought we'd go up in the uh, Millennium Falcon today. Yeah. We, and you might say, uh, well, how the hell do we prove this is the Millennium Falcon to our listener? Well... I think we have a Wookiee on board, because you know the Wookiee is always on, uh, Chewbacca I think his name is. Chewy. Chewy. (laughs) (laughs) And translation there, uh, Hans. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Mm, Yes. mm, mm. Well, mate, there's a fair bit to talk about today, is there? (sighs) There always is, Tom. There There always always is. is. Uh, It was exciting and great to have the evil genius on last episode. And yeah, Mr. Um, Chavez. Cool some, name too. Some good feedback coming from there, so we'll definitely get Broderick Chavez back on to tackle another topic. We'll yep. use him on a semi-regular basis. Semi, semi yes. Keyword. Now, semi, <laughs> it may conjure up some uh, images in your head, Tom, and and don't go there. No, I mean the, under the bar. Yeah, under the bar. It's all the, about the, full the, mongrel. It is full yeah. mongrel going balls deep with the semi, yeah. which is hard with the, the hard semi. <laughs> you know, it just sort of squishes about the place. <laughs> but anyway. Now, our very special <laughs> guest. There's a fly still in here, Tom. <laughs> this bloody thing's been It's land. on your coffee cup, mate. Yeah, well, there, there you go. Oh, okay. Uh, we've got a special guest fly. on the program today, Martin McDonald. For those of you who don't know Martin McDonald, you may know Mac Nutrition. Yep. Uh, and they should know Martin McDonald. This guy's, I will just jump in there before you yes. do a little spiel there. This guy's doing some really good stuff in the industry, calling you know, a spade a spade and, and dispelling. Uh, he loves nothing more. He's a self-confessed troll. Like He will get on there and, um, and stir the pot a little bit and back it up with uh, the latest and uh, you know, greatest research and, and, and scientific uh, studies to actually prove his points and uh, dispelling a few myths that um, there's a much bigger picture. So yeah, he's doing good things. If you don't follow him already, you should follow him on um, on Facebook and social media. So uh, yeah, Martin McDonald. He's, he's a clinical performance nutritionist, and his business is Mac Nutrition, and mm. essentially that's a nutritional consultancy firm. Yeah. And they do everything from weight loss to health, yep. to sports performance. So you can actually work with them as a as a uh, client. Yeah, but then he also has the um, his certification. Certification, yeah, which is really awesome. And I think it's a six month. Or 12-month certification. It might yeah, be 12 months. quite a, a, a thorough. And I think he's organizing to, for anyone that, that does do his uh, nutrition certification, uh, appropriate uh, insurance in their, in their country. I think he's uh, organizing. He's done it in a few already. Mm. Basically, that's, that's the dilemma as uh, most of our listeners that are coaches yeah. in the industry. If they haven't ha- uh, done a nutritional degree, then, you know, we, can't, we, we all write nutrition guides. And it's not actually a, an actual nutrition plan that they should be following. It's a recommendations and a yes. guide. And we all, you know, we all write nutrition plans, but really we, uh, we're not insured or covered to do that. But with his certification, I'm pretty sure he's pushing hard to get it in every country, uh, an insurance provider that will, mm. will, if you do the certification, provide you with insurance. So that's a, a big, big, big plus. Yeah, so we'll have part one of his interview because we did speak to him for an over uh, an hour. He's got plenty yeah. to say. Interesting, interesting uh, guy. Yeah, so that's coming up very shortly on the podcast. Mm, mm. Rod, just a little shout out here. We've got Tully Johns. Oh, hey, Tully. Tully likes to lurk around on the Twitter mm. from time to time, and he just Twitter. got a little bit of feedback from uh, Francine Zavard Part 2, which was up a couple of weeks ago. He, he says he likes to tune in for the evidence-based stuff, yeah. but loves it when it gets a little voodoo. Mm. Hashtag voodoo, hashtag wizard sleeve. Yeah, look. Uh, yeah, I love nothing more than some uh, voodoo-based yeah. witch doctory. Well, you love the witch doctory, and I love the wizard sleeve. Yeah. I really like <laughs> to reach in there and uh, and pull something out. Yes, you do indeed. But um, and I will actually, while we're at it, give a, a bit of a shout-out to Francine 
obviously awesome to have on the the program loves what we do often sharing all the posts for the podcast and uh yeah no she's uh fantastic at what she does but it's really great to have her supporting what we do you know from from montreal the other the other side of the world which that's is right. really exciting. for those listeners out there that would like to get in contact with the podcast there's still yeah, a fly, flies on you now buzzing around yeah. but uh the speak pipe broaden Wouldn't very mind. popular speak pipe yeah. we're getting a lot of feedback there <laughs> yeah, ring, i think we scared them off with that uh, little intro yeah maybe they don't want to be flushed no go to the website under the bar podcast.com mm. and it is a slick website and leave us a speak pipe very good. Uh, make your contribution to the program. Feel free to plug your business. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, aside from that, I think we're pretty much ready to go into some content. Beautiful. All right, sounds good. <laughs> looks to be quite a serious meeting. Yeah, going Ange looks there. lovely today. She does look nice. Spruced up. Yeah. So Ange, uh, well, she, she owns this Millennium Falcon. Yes, the Falcon. <laughs> hey, Wookie, you still there? It's really uh, a, it's a real effort. Yeah, There's a lot it's a of, process. It's a process. It's a process. You can't just do it. The Wookiee can't just talk on tap. Mate, we're really polywaffling today. Yeah. We're anyway, really we do actually have something to talk about, yeah. don't we? So, look, there's a couple of things that in part one of his interview, uh, Mac Nutrition is going to go yeah. through some interesting stuff. Science-based, of course, as it always mm, is. Mm, mm. But is there really an issue... Issue. Issue with negative adaptations to dieting, mm, the metabolism mm, mm. slowing. Okay. You get to yeah, a, you got to know how to break the plateau, Tommy. Yeah, to a point where fat loss just stops and there's mm-hmm. nothing else you Stalls. can do. Or is it simply a matter of, of misreporting, either deliberate, unconscious, mm. or a combination of subconscious, a combination of all of these things? So he explores that issue, Rod, and, and certainly from your perspective, yeah. dealing with every client you have yeah. has to go through this process of extreme fat loss. Yes. And so invariably you come up, you, you know, get confronted with these issues on a regular issues. basis. Yeah, yeah. Look, I will say that uh, that unconscious uh, self-sabotage, you know, I think I'm afflicted by that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like last night, I, because um, I had some, you know, Saturday night we have a, a you know, I have a cheap meal. Yeah. And it's usually some ice cream because dairy is really bad for me and I like to get bloated and mm. be on the toilet the next day, for mm. the next couple of days, really. But that being said, uh, last night I recall eating ice cream. Yeah. But that I don't really recall eating ice cream. It was a dream, but I checked and there was ice cream missing. Right. In the morning. So, so I think you, that was... You a, got up at some stage and mm, just got in mm. there. So it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't only into the freezer to get the ice cream. It was freezer, but there was um, uh, the uh, ice magic was applied. So it was. <laughs> I had to go into the cupboard to get the ice magic, but I seriously don't remember doing it. Then you it. had to put the ice magic on and yeah. wait, wait for it yeah, had to harden up. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Just weird. I saw the spoon in the sink. Ice magic out. Well, it does Put get two to and that, two together. It does get to that point, and there's a serious point to be made here, um, mm. particularly when you know when you really are getting lean, yep. and uh, all those hormones and leptin Working and ghrelin start you. playing with your mind a little bit, mm. and you can actually have those really intensive dreams where you're eating mm. chocolate and ice cream and carbohydrates. I, and yeah, and clients <laughs> often do that, and they'll yeah. be like, "Oh my god, I thought I broke the diet. I thought I had this big cheat, but it was only a dream. It's chill out. It's all good." But one of the things that does go on, and you know, the point that you raise about the unconscious misreporting yeah and that's what Martin said uh, yeah. was a big factor whether it is either misreporting or they're eating exactly what they should do but just the general level of uh, energy expenditure in the day that that, that neat that we refer yeah. to mm. goes rock bottom and makes that makes that fat loss process stall yeah I mean that's an interesting point let's go a little balls deep into that one Tommy because uh, I, I do know having uh, consulted with uh, Dr. Isratel and uh, Menno Hanselman's 
they're along the similar line and these are you'd have to argue some some of the more reputable guys in the industry that are uh, heavy evidence based mm. spade to spade type thing but they're you know Dr. Usator will be like okay so they plateau what's happening uh, they're cheating on the diet yeah no no these clients are good they don't cheat no no they're cheating on the diet no no but they're, they're clients have had for a while they're comp prep like I can tell you they're not cheating Matt they're, they're cheating on the diet so he's adamant that um, either like you said on a subconscious level or the numbers aren't matching up you know they're doing things they're interpreting your information but but putting their spin on it yeah. or they're not knowing that they're increasing their energy intake through you know adding some uh, some spray some oils whatever um, but that's what 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 he sort of suggests and and I think Menno uh, had a similar point of view that generally it's going to be a uh, some sort of uh, deviation from said plan uh, either consciously or, or subconsciously like mm. we said but but that need that you spoke about um, and for our listeners, we, we, you know, they may not be uh, familiar with NEAT, but a non-exercise activity, activity thermogenesis. thermogenesis. But so that NEAT is basically just, just that day-to-day stuff you do. Um, it can be as subtle as just your body language. Um, yes. and, and for our coaches, you know, the difference between a, a normal NEAT uh, or the energy expenditure in a given day and, and, and a reduced NEAT would be, and, and guys and girls that have dieted hard, and, and it does get hard in the latter stages of a, of a, of a some sort of body composition goal. Um, if you're reducing body fat, it will invariably get hard for everyone. And that's mm. why most people stop and they can't get down to that, um, that super, super low body fat percentage because your body will fight tooth and nail. And even though you will try and do everything exactly the same, your body will find a way just to make you move less. Mm. And, you know, it might that's be a simple as... You would normally stand up, pick your weights up for your client, do everything else. You just sit down in between sessions and, and you think about that. You're sitting down in sessions periodically throughout the whole session, eight sessions a day, uh, or standing up half as much as what you were you know, the week prior. Well, that's going to be a huge reduction on uh, energy expenditure when you add it all up over each consecutive day over a week. So even if we, um, you know, you drop your calories by a couple of hundred a day, which that's a pretty fair reduction, you know, week to week. Okay, let's take another couple of hundred out, take some rice out, some fats, whatever it is, um, some carbohydrates or fats, and then you, you just instinctively have less energy, so you just sit around more. Or, you know, you don't uh, walk to the bus, you know, you, you, you drive your car to work, or all these things that you'll gravitate towards just to make your, oh, I'm not walking up the stairs now, I'm using the lift. And even beyond that, Rod, from my understanding, I think the nervous system actually will make your stride, even if you do walk to the lift, yeah. will make your stride and your movement patterns more efficient to expend less energy as a pure unconscious survival mechanism. 1,000%. And, and what you have to also appreciate that those training sessions, be it, uh, okay, training session weight's perfect, okay, if it's, if it's like what I do, but we'll have these uh, cardio training sessions, uh, long, slow distance or low intensity, steady state that once upon a time burn four or 500 calories, but then as you get more and more efficient at doing it, the body realizes less and less energy and it will be the same session will burn, you know, maybe a third or a quarter of the energy that it once did. Mm. So that's why, you know, I do suggest sort of titrating up the intensity and the volume with these uh, cardio, just like we use uh, that linear progression or, or progressive overload with the training if we were trying to add 
uh, muscle mass, but but similar with the the cardio uh, or any sort of uh, activity that you're adding to increase energy expenditure, mm. be aware that the body will adapt. That's what it does. It's built to survive. Yep. So you can't. It's like comparing apples with oranges. At the start, it's apples, but at the end, it's oranges. So you got to. It has to be a different version. Yeah. Of it. And also, invariably, as calories come down, that muscle mass there'll be a loss in muscle mass. There'll be Correct. Less yeah. And that's base metabolic rate will be inherently 100%. lower as well. So 100%. everything's working against you. Everything's working against you. <laughs> like it seriously is, and that's yeah. why it, it, it. You know, you will feel like death because the body's fighting tooth and nail to keep uh, that body fat on. But I'll give you an example, uh, and, and I legitimately think this is the reason why the guy's not progressing as well as what he should. This particular client of mine, he may or may not listen to the podcast, but I won't name names. But anyway, he's the poor guy is on, I think, 1,500 cows or 1,250 or something for this week and doing cardio on top of that and training. And I know everyone's like, oh my God, you know, you're a shit coach putting people on 1,200 calories. What are you doing? Well, it's been a progression to that. It wasn't that. It was two and a half. It was 3,000. I've just been bringing it down, doing his skin folds every week not moving not moving now okay he may also have a, a highly adaptive metabolic rate meaning as we drop calories his body just adapts straight away it doesn't burn fat it goes yep no worries i can work on 2000 no problem 18 1750 another 250 off yeah easy peasy what are you doing to me okay 1500 okay let's eh, we might move lose a bit of body fat so this poor guy uh pretty much on paper he's, he's down around 1500 or it might even be 1250 this week and you know i might bring it up uh, periodically uh during his fat loss process but mm. he's getting close to stage so i don't even have that luxury but guaranteed 1000 percent. if you saw this guy he's the type of guy that has zero body language you know his slumpy shoulders he, he looks like he's when he's standing on the spot, he's conserving energy. I think he even lowers his eyelids a little, so they're half closed, so yeah. it looks like he's half asleep talking to you. <laughs> That's how much his body, whether it's on a conscious level, he's just uh, toned down his, uh, like he was already that way inclined. And my point is, I think that this guy just expends zero, zero neat. energy. Yeah. So no neat. Yeah. So it's only the, the cardio that he's doing. He's so efficient at standing i'm pretty sure this guy he he, he sets up a, a hammock in between the cables and he just sort of floats back and forth <laughs> while he's queuing his clients yeah this guy doesn't you know i get the impression that he's not going to be too hands-on in session he may be but i just think that um you know that common variable that we factor in okay there's x amount of neat you're doing now so on paper you know that should stay the same but i think he's also uh, his body's also on a subconscious level. He consciously has reduced his need, but on top of that, he just had zero, pretty much zero need anyway compared to the next person. So his energy consumption had to be that much less for it to get, get an effect to actually start reducing body fat mm. because I sort of know what I'm doing with fat loss and what normally works is not working for him. And I'm the poor guy. I'm gonna, I have to push him really hard. Now, do I draw a line in the sand and say, hey, bro, you know, you at this point in time, I don't think it's happening for you. You know, like you shouldn't have to eat 1,200 calories and do 90 minutes of cardio, you know, six days a week to actually drop body fat. Like mm. this is, and his bloods are fine. Everything's good. There's no underlying issues. Yeah. His, his sleep's okay. He gets his PT, so he's on his feet and, and, and doing some sessions and stuff. But stress levels, I don't think this guy knows what stress is. Um, pretty sure that dude, young, 20, 22 or something. So a really strange one. But I think that the the key factor with him is this neat and his uh, efficiency at, at expending zero energy outside of what he actually really, really needs. His body is just super efficient at utilizing uh, very little energy throughout the day. Mm. And I think that's uh, when I compare him to other because I see the guys come in they have yeah. body they're animated this guy yeah. is just flatlining you know, flatlining flat it has been for a while very interesting well I guess it's one of those things it's very difficult to actually truly ascertain if your client is doing that but it is yeah. worth 
exploring their reporting, whether they're doing yes. it deliberately or what other factors in their life mm. may be contributing. You exhaust all those avenues before you then put your hands up and say, okay, it's not happening. Yeah. This is not happening. But Martin, is- Martin will explain, mm. go into a bit more detail on that concept. I was going to say, Tom, what you can actually do on a very, very basic level, but will give you a little bit of a, a consistent playing field. I have mentioned it before, but it's some sort of uh, uh, tracker, step, step tracker, the, the, yeah. the Fitbit, you know, chuck it on the wrist, um, work out how many steps uh, your client is doing, start of the, the fat loss uh, adventure. And it's like, okay, you're doing 6,000 a day, then you need to keep doing 6,000 all the way to the show. So, you know, you probably find that when things get hard, you know, they're down to around 3,000. It's like, hey, whoa, come on, outside, go walk mm. for another 3,000 steps. So, is it, you know, yes, your bodies are going to become more efficient and uh, those things that we just discussed, but on a very basic level, relatively inexpensive uh, investment. I think they're a couple hundred dollars, get started the prep. Uh, but that is one way that you can, um, you know, make sure they're still moving around the same amount in the office throughout the yeah. day. Pretty cool, pretty simple, and you can at least control the steps that they take, which is is a big uh, player in um, contributing to that neat yeah. that the individual may have. I think it's a good little tool. Yeah, well done. Tool. Thanks. <laughs> Word of the day. <laughs> Clinical performance nutritionist Martin yeah. McDonald coming up very, very shortly. Rawdon, yeah. just a little bit of I-dotting and T-crossing. We mentioned last week, so we've got Christian Maurice, Maurice. Australian tour. Great teacher. If you haven't been to one of his seminars, this guy teaches. Teaches. Doesn't lecture, teaches. Paces around, scratches the noggin. Scratches the noggin. Whiteboard. The millennium... Uh, the millennium noggin. Noggin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're in today, right, yeah. Wookie? <laughs> there we go. The millennium noggin. Millennium uh, noggin. Right, so Christian Maurice coming out, Australian yep. tour. That's That's a cool. big tick. Francine Zavard, Larry Vanette, they're coming Exciting. out this year as well. Physique preparation, posing, I'll have all the bells and whistles. Really excited about that one. And Larry, well, I mean, Francine's pretty hot, but uh, Larry will, will definitely make the girls weak at the knees. He's, yeah. he's quite a, uh, a specimen. And then Tibbs, Tippy Toes. Tippy Toes. He's yeah, out look. again. Uh, that was awesome first time around. I've seen, uh, I think, the flyer for Tibbs and um, Tippy Toes looking really good. Some really, really, really cool content for that one. Yeah, I, I still find myself opening up his PowerPoints yeah. and, and digging through 100%. and picking out things. Like yeah. he was, that was a really useful course. Really good course and 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 really good presenter and super nice guy. Yeah, yeah, hamburgers and all. Hamburger syndrome, like you know, I have look. He, he did really well and it was awesome yeah, that's yeah. exciting let's make a note to get him back on again as well yes. yeah. then now we, we dangled a couple of carrots yeah. and we're happy to confirm those that we yep. confirm in the angle of the dangle of the carrot the dangleberry dangleberry so <laughs> Menno <laughs> Henselmans yeah so that one's I think last weekend of September then into October so uh, Sydney Melbourne Perth okay so that's a bit of a scalp yeah Menno Henselmans yeah, is two a, is day a, is a real um, scalp. And he's going to have a little bit of, not training, but a little bit of uh, in the gym. So there will be, okay, everyone put the tools down. Let's go to the gym. Rodan and Tom hide up the back. Yeah, we'll hide at the back. So we'll sneak in behind the leg press. Yeah, but that's really cool. So a little bit of practical stuff like the fibs. Yeah. So not training, but a couple of examples. So we can really uh, drive home I-dotting and T-crossing with what he's presenting. Mm-hmm. But really, really, that, uh, yeah, that's going to be the seminar of the year for me. That's a coup. And then Dr. John Chrysler yep. and Nelson. Nelson Virgil yep. confirmed for a men's health seminar. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. good. Looking and that's going to be probably November. Therapy. Yeah, November. So the wheels of communication are, are, are in action with those. So Emily's in the process. Emily from Icon. Hi, Em. 
Uh, she's uh, doing the back and back and forth, just trying to uh, lock in some dates for those guys. But probably Sydney and Melbourne for for those guys. But out of all the seminars we're doing, they're probably going to be some of the real take home insight into the the world of of men's health and and there's i get heaps of emails and questions about testosterone therapy and you know am i appropriate for it is it for me but but basically dot eyes cross t's and also the females as well they're going to talk about you know the female issues with with, with menopause and 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 um you know hormone replacement and that sort of stuff so mm. it's going to yeah it's going to be pretty intense well for whatever or well, not for whatever reason rodin but really out of all the topics that we've discussed on the 60 odd podcast that we've yeah. actually done mm. that is the one that men's health that keeps coming back emails yes. keep coming in yep. about that so yeah look, look it's a it's fascinating looking you know it's, to a, it. it's a bit of a um you know, a, a bit of a taboo um, topic. Yeah, yeah, taboo topic, but a bit of a, a mission I'm on to uh, expose as many men or help as many guys as I can, you know, sort sort their shit out and mm. um, improve their lives. So, yeah, really passionate about that one. That, that's going to be awesome. Exciting. So, really good lineup of uh, presenters and speakers and seminars coming, you know, a bit of under the bar, a bit of yeah, icon performance okay. help. Yeah, when there's a couple of hours, let's, let's not, uh, you know, blow our own trumpets. Yes, you can <laughs> just blow mine, I'll blow yours. <laughs> Cam, you're going to have to sit this one out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking, so July-ish around then and then uh, again, maybe November. end of November, December yeah. type thing for a final wrap-up of 2017. So, we're really, really not looking forward to those. <laughs> No, Curtis. Uh, already, already we've got the thongs on and the and the the, the footy shorts, but uh, the Curtis is still flowing already. We haven't even uh, you know discussed what we're going to present. Yeah, let's have a chat with Martin McDonald. Let's. Under the Bar podcast with Rodin Dubois. Oh, and you pronounced I'm it correctly, Tom. Tom Hewitt. Now, mate, it's time to uh, tick another one off the list. Yes. So we've got this nice long list of interview guests we've been compiling over a period of time. Yeah. and well, get guests that actually know what they're talking about. Exactly. That's, a, that's exactly. how you make it on the list. Yep. So uh, a client of mine, Rodin, Paul Stevenson yep. uh, from PhysiqueWise, quite a while back just said, I actually went to uh, went to uni in the UK with a bloke called Mark McDonald. He's pretty savvy and, um, you know, yeah. check him out. Had a bit of a sniff around, listened to a few podcasts. We did, yeah. Put him on the list and, you know, the wheels turned pretty slowly here at Under the mm. Bar, but mm. uh, eventually, eventually, six uh, months later, we've, uh, we've got him on the line. Now, for those of you who don't know, Martin McDonald is essentially a clinical nutritionist, yep. done a bit of natural bodybuilding, and he started a nutrition consultancy firm mm. called Mac Nutrition. Uh, he's got a clinic in London, and they do everything from sports performance, nutrition, yep. through to uh, celebrity makeovers yeah. and, and corporate Exe- wellness, executives. The, the whole lot. And they do mm. have uh, online mentorship programs and certifications and stuff yeah. as well, and, and, and really highly regarded as one of the leading nutritional consultancy firms in the UK. So soon, soon to be the world. He's got a uh, world domination plan similar to Under the Bar, so uh, <laughs> we, have that, we have that in common. That's about it. Um, but we'll get him on the line to explain more himself. Martin McDonald, mate, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the podcast. Hi guys, thanks very much for having me. Now, mate, was that a fair assessment of Mac Nutrition and what you guys are doing? That that was the best introduction I've ever had, so thank you very much. That was great. <laughs> and I had nothing to do with that. Now, before we sort of uh, explore what Mac Nutrition is doing as Go. a whole, how did you actually get started in the industry? Yeah. So, I basically took a very boring and academic path initially, so I just kind of went university studied um, there's a university here called Loughborough University which is kind of nationally renowned as like the best sports university so I did sport and exercise science there 
And then at the time, I actually was competing in natural bodybuilding, as you said. So, you know, as you know, you kind of fall in love with the nutrition side of it. And uh, so then I just went on and did a master's in um, sports nutrition. And then I, yeah, kind of one of those things, you get lean and then suddenly thinks you know what you're talking about. So everyone was like, oh, this guy's the guru. And I didn't know anything. I just didn't eat for 12 weeks and look lean. So, yeah, um, yeah, you kind of become your local guru, as it were. And then I actually got a contract with our British, you know, British weightlifting essentially, so our Olympic weightlifters kind of international team. So that was my first kind of headline contract, as it were, because I got lean. So therefore, oh, you'll make the weightlifters lean and you know, yep. you, you're into your training and those kind of things. So it just trickled on. And then because of that, ended up getting really, really lucky. So at about 2022, 20, this um, kind of what do you call it? Do you, have you heard of EastEnders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah? I used to watch okay, it all the cool. time, man. <laughs> right. So a, an actress off there um, wanted to lose weight, and she ended up doing it like one of these celebrity fitness DVDs. And um, she she basically mentioned my name on daytime television. Wow. And pr- pretty much the rest is history. So at 22, suddenly I was getting phone calls from people all around the world, like expats in Abu Dhabi were just like, yeah, I've just seen you on... Uh, what was it GMTV or the right stuff oh you know so I want you to help me lose weight and just you know people throwing money at me at 22 I didn't know what to do Um, so I was a bit much oh I could probably make a go of this so from there I just ended up doing more and more nutrition stuff and I'm as you might find out I don't know this podcast I I have a a controversial streak so then online that always goes down well and um, yeah it just kind of grew and grew and then yeah, the kind of rest is history, just just built things up. I ended up doing my clinical nutrition postgraduate because I ended up working with so many people with health issues and I thought I should probably be a little bit more legitimate in this area, so I did that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just built built up kind of Mac Nutrition, started employing people, and um, that's where I am now, I suppose. Beautiful. And um, what do uh, you want to tell, because a lot of our... our loyal listeners are, are coaches in the industry and, and uh, Mikey Mr. Palace he's uh, he's actually doing your certification at the moment do you want to talk to the okay. t- talk oh, to yeah, our, yeah. our yeah. Mikey Mikey yeah, yeah. Man. he's a good guy yeah. really really good guy good, great coach as well always always uh, educating himself which mm. is awesome um, what's that all about and, and for, for those that are interested how, how do they go about um, doing it what's involved man yeah, so that's um, that's in the last year basically that that's kicked off so as um as mac nutrition grew in the uk i started doing um so i've always been into so during that story i said there i was actually lecturing at a couple of different universities and i really really enjoy the education side of thing basically my main passion is presenting in public public speaking so as a university lecturer you basically guarantee yourself an audience um every week <laughs> so um I, you know that kind of took my fancy but didn't like the admin side of things so we eventually ended up creating basically a mentorship program which is just a two-day kind of intensive seminar and that just went from strength to strength and basically became a little bit of a must-do within the UK and um, the feedback always was you know you should actually do something that's more long-term a year you know that we can get a qualification out of that's recognized and it's you know it's an absolutely huge endeavor yeah. that 
uh, you know, I was just like, oh no, it'll never take off. It'll, you know, it's going to require too much effort. But once our team grew, um, we actually had the manpower to do it. So we created this this twelve month course, Mac Nutrition Uni, um, and uh, yeah, it's just it it literally has blown up more than I ever in my life could have imagined. Um, it just kind of I think it's one of those things that I spent a decade online trolling people and being controversial and just <laughs> kind of very much a I suppose you either love me or you hate me. And um so my, my small following was is very loyal and um some really cool people in the industry, you know, Alan Aragon, James Krieger, Spencer Adolski um, you know, some big academics within the UK all essentially were like, yeah, we'll, you know, we know that you're going to put out good stuff. So they all basically endorsed the course. So everyone was like, oh, this must be legit. Mm. And um, yeah, the kind of basically it's just it's gone amazingly well. And um, so people can visit the website mac-nutritionuni.com and um, all the information's on there. I spend my life on social media. So if anyone wants to, um, you know ask me questions and stuff it like I'm really happy to answer but it's um yeah it's a qualification you can get insurance to practice a nutritionist in America and the UK currently and um we're we're basically by the end of the first year the first 12 months we plan to basically get the world uh, you know a, an insurance company in every country in the world to insure our graduates but that's oh, wow. that's okay. proving to be difficult in yeah. some of the Middle East but yeah yeah well that would be very handy because that is uh, something yeah. that can be hard to get your hands on in Australia if you were to do the course Martin and 12 months down the track it gets insured would you then be able to sort of backdate the fact that you've done the course previously and then become insured yeah, yeah. Be yeah, there's a, so yeah. we're basically getting them to insure based on the content that they're taught yeah. so you know that's one of the kind of things that they, people have to sign when they enroll is you're only insured to do what we teach you now we teach a really really like all the skill sets you need to be a coach for you know general population or you know the 90 percent of the clients that we all see you know if you get yeah. someone coming to you with some you know something really terrible like cancer and those kind of things you just need to you know be a good practitioner and refer on but mm. you know you can all like going out and giving people you know treating them with healing stones and stuff like you won't be insured to do that um, but yeah based on the course content you'll be able to practice under that so it's um yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident we'll get most if not all of europe australia america that's awesome um, well, it sounds a little bit too science-based for my i mean there's not enough yeah. witch doctor in there yeah, look, the, the hot stones sound like a good thing yeah when he's uh that uh <laughs> We do have some good stuff like how to filter your photos for optimal um, marketing uh, good. effects. Good. <laughs> Very good. Tommy, uh, we will also jump in there and say Tommy does love a, a little bit of witch doctory. You know, it, 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 I, on the other hand, a little, little, little more evidence based, but uh, but Tommy does like to a bit of magic. I'll believe anything. <laughs> um, now, Martin, I'm assuming you know to take the kind of stance that you do online and to, to set up your certification. A lot of what you do these days is uh, very science based. I'm curious as to how right or wrong you were with things back in the early days back when you just day. got yourself shredded by by starving yourself for 12 weeks i mean yeah. how close to the mark were you i i was bro beyond belief yeah <laughs> so um, that's um but i think that's part of why like I'm, I'm really happy to say when i was wrong and kind of 
you know, wrong slash misled slash I just didn't bother to try and find out the right answers type thing. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of some people online can say, oh, you know, the evidence has changed, so I've updated my knowledge. And it's like, no, no, you haven't. You've just actually, you know, that's me with breakfast. I could easily go, yeah, you know, breakfast, breakfast back 10 years ago was the most important meal of the day, but the science has changed. It's like, no, the science wasn't there 10 years ago. I just was parroting the same stuff that probably most of us did at one time or another. Yeah. Mm. Um, so because you're kind of born, you're almost born knowing that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You know, everyone tells you from as soon as you can speak that you need it. So it's it's a very, very hard one to break. Um, so, so yeah, I was <clears throat> way off the mark. And I think for that reason, it's brought me to that place of really, really critical thinking, like digging into science. And, and it's quite nice, actually, that one of our first lectures is about evidence-based practice. And I think, I, you know, the... the feedback I've had on that because we do get people from really wide ranging backgrounds and um, you know some of them being like oh, I'm really pleasantly surprised because for me evidence-based practice is not what all of the bros think it is it's not just geeks in labs mm. you know only, it's only true if you can prove it by um, you know a study and these kind of things which that's not what evidence-based practice is it's kind of combining empirical evidence with observational evidence and kind of personal experience and you know science dictating what you do but kind of experience informing how you do it and these kind of things so um yeah i'm not one of these people who you know being a bodybuilder and i even say like our mnu students take the mickey out of me because like i'll i'll use bcaas but in the evidence-based world it's like bcaas rubbish you don't need them <laughs> Um, no one needs them. You're, you're a bro if you take them. Mm. Um, but I'll still take them myself. You know, I'd never shout that they're the best thing ever, but I'm, I'm still a bit bro myself. That's good. Uh, yeah. Because I want all the gains. That's the thing. Yeah, dem, so. well, dem gains, I think you say. <laughs> DEM, yeah. dem gains. The interesting thing is, Martin, is that you said that you were wrong or misled, but you still got in great shape and uh, yes. still ended up getting contracts out of it. So there, there's obviously some key fundamentals that you were following, and maybe yeah. we could explore a few of those from a, a fat loss perspective. Um, mm. When you're looking at that, I mean, where do you actually, where do you start with your program design? I suppose, uh, I kind of, like you said, I must have done something right. And I think it was just the fact that I made things a whole lot harder for myself. So it was, you know, I was adhering to a caloric deficit for at least most of my diet but it was kind of like the number of foods that I removed to because I thought that they were gonna you know whatever muck up my physique as it were so I like funny things like I wouldn't eat I wouldn't eat bread and I wouldn't drink milk but I would have whey protein so it was like really backwards things like that um, so for me in terms of setting up someone's you know if we are talking about fat loss very much I mean I've gone a bit boring and um, behavior change and psychology with with stuff and I say boring because that's not why I got into this like I'm really maths um, you know personality like very blue in terms of I like facts and figures and when you start talking about psychology it's like I would I couldn't I, I would struggle when I was kind of an upcoming trainer to care about the stuff that I now know matters so much but um, you know, so with fat loss, very much, yeah, looking at a caloric deficit in terms of how is that best achieved, but actually 
understanding that with lots of people, if you don't just work with physique athletes, and I think that's the problem, if you're into your training or you work with physique athletes, you're basically working with a robot, like a neurotic, yeah. you know, mental loser. I'm talking about myself. Um, you know, that's that's what you are a bit like as a bodybuilder, going to the cinema with your hot girlfriend with a cabbage and tuna and a Tupperware and and happily <laughs> opening it in the cin cinema. Yeah. Uh, or, or a crowded so, train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just going, well, I need to because yeah. it's been two and a half hours and I have to eat and um, tuna is a bodybuilder's food. Mm. So um, it's kind of then when you start working with general population and realizing people lie if I knew that people lied I would have got such better results with clients over the years it's just you know people who who give you thousands of pounds to coach them to do their nutrition and they'll lie to you they won't do what you're saying but they'll still keep paying you mm. and I just didn't understand that people were so stupid um, so it's just you know understanding that and it's it's such a new thing for a lot of people that actually adherence you know that person who says they're eating 500 calories a day and putting on weight like they're not um but they may actually think they are so like uh, i gave a lecture recently talking about knowingly adherent and non you know unknowingly adherent yeah. so you know some people they're not lying to you they just actually don't realize some things or they don't, um, you know, they just completely forget to track those calories or when they do their food diary, they change their habits. All of these things that we kind of know from research happen, but it's, um, it's, it's really hard to get around sometimes when you're like, oh, but she says she's eating, you know, a thousand calories. She says she's doing X, Y, Z, and I just don't understand why she's not losing weight. And, and then you have to throw in the physiology side, the cool stuff in terms of, menstrual cycle and you know but changes in body water and glycogen and you know the possible effect of cortisol on um interacting with the aldosterone receptor so you get more water retention these kind of things like that's the cool stuff to geek out on yeah. but at the same time if she's not lost weight for 12 weeks um whilst eating 800 calories a day whilst training five times a week there's probably an adherence issue but i think i have been there where I was trying to reverse diet and ketogenic diet and carb tolerance and you know whatever, yeah. and just didn't realise that she was eating fish and chips. Um, yeah. So <laughs> tell yeah. me, Martin, do you do you feel that um, that stalls in in a in a diet plan or a nutrition plan, uh, even not specifically for Gen Pop, but even the athletic population? Do you think that uh, if, if on paper they should be eating, you know, something that's in a significant deficit, and like you said, over an eight to ten week period, there's there's very little uh, fat loss or, or body composition change? Do you think like that? I know Doctor Isertel uh, sort of says no, they're lying. They're eating more than what they say, and just flat out, that's the only reason for it. But do do you feel? I mean, you spoke about the, you know, the cortisol-related issues and, and and things like mm. that. But would you more often than not gravitate towards the they're still either unknowingly or knowingly consuming too much food? Yeah, see, it's a real funny one. So we we um, as part of MNU on the on the top option, we call it full with honors, and it basically has a few residential days. And the first residential day that we do is a, is a body composition workshop where we teach people to use skinfold calipers. And you know, I'm yep. I don't like how a lot of people in the industry use skinfold calipers and how they 
you know, just are rookies with it basically and, you know, do silly sites that are made up, you know, like, I don't know, nipple skinfold, forehead skinfold, nostril <laughs> skinfold. Um, and so there's a thing called the International Society of uh, Advancement of Kinanthropology. Um, and basically they are, they're like, they've got kind of world leading researchers that are putting this together and they use this eight site method which is you know accredited and so all of my team have are qualified in that and it you know there's no kind of hormonal programming with it or it's just basically this is a you use like skeletal landmarking to yep. find the exact skinfold site that you do every time so it takes you like half an hour plus to do one person but it, um within the kind of elite sporting arena within the UK it's like the thing that you must have on your CV to work with a sport for instance so anyway we we kind of teach these principles we're not like accredited teaching practitioners but we just teach people these methods yep. and the, one of the reasons we put that in is because I've worked with some weightlifters so again so competing on the international stage and um, in you know there's this one case study of, case study of this female who for whatever reason, due to kind of funding and these kind of things, we had to diet her really, really aggressively. And um, I was certain she was adherent. Mm. And um, I was certain that she was educated to a level where unknowingly non-adherence, non-adherence wasn't an issue. But her body weight, she was basically averaging between 600 and 1,000 calories whilst doing two sessions a day, five days a week. Ouch. Um, and for a period of about three months, her body weight changed by about, I think there was about an eight week period where she lost 800 grams. And there was another six week period where she lost about 1.2 kilos. And then in 11 days, she dropped about four and a half kilos, made weight, competed on the international stage. And, um, during that time, I questioned her adherence and everyone else was questioning her adherence, but I was like, no, she's doing it. And the, the way I knew she was adhering was by these skin folds in that I could, you know, it's so simple. In the mirror, she didn't look that different, but I could specifically say she's losing, you know, roughly this much body fat. And um, if it wasn't for that, I would have just gone, well, this is, she's never gonna make weight, but I knew from previous testing. So, and in her case, one one issue was kind of at the midpoint was her neat her non-exercise activity yep. thermogenesis was she you know she had one of these like really adaptive metabolisms yep. adaptive kind of behavioral yeah. she would everything from her face she even when she smiled her smile had changed even in wow. her expressions when she was kind of chatting or excited about something were, were dimmed every set she would sit down every her posture had changed mm. and she had just literally like her her pal her physical activity level or her daily activity factor yeah. was literally probably 1.05 1.1 so you know then she probably had had some reduction in bmr um you know, like the small reduction that, that most people will get on an extreme diet, which isn't as extreme as a lot of people think, the whole metabolic damage thing. But, yeah. you know, she had all of those factors um, involved. And so we corrected that, but then her body weight still only dropped that 1.2. And then it was literally this case of 
one day I just was like, right, stand up on that chair. And I just pushed on her ankles and she just had major edema in her ankles. So it wasn't like, again, like, oh, well, it's menstrual cycle. Like this went on for three months. Yeah. So I knew there was something more. And so in the last 11 days, I tripled her calories. I did drop her carbs down just for the, you know, try and get a bit of a tiny bit of glycogen, anything that she possibly had left on 600 calories a day. Yeah. And um, so tripled her calories, fat was up, protein was up. Um, you know, trained, she trained less, she dropped. All of these stressors just removed them from her diet. And that's when she just dropped all of this water. So she's a healthy individual she's an exercising athlete she was adherent you know you flip that on its head to a you know I, I can't remember she's like mid-20s you flip that on its head to a 40 year old woman who's kind of got some metabolic disruption some mm. you know markers of metabolic syndrome you know she's maybe close to you know she's like pre-menopausal but her hormones are a bit messed up she's you know super stressed she's got children any you know all of these things yeah and you've got just this recipe for uh, you know, eight weeks and the scales don't change. How do you expect that woman to adhere? Because mm. she's working so hard yeah. and seeing absolutely no differences. Um, and you know, it's, that's you know, then you get coaches saying you should never weigh yourself. And I think that's a bit too hard and fast. Mm. But very much having other markers of you know, body change and you know. So I do think there's the whole. You can just go. They're not losing weight. Well, they're they're underreporting. But there are these kind of really strange, there are a few strange scenarios. And yes, my, my athlete was losing body fat, but for three months she was, you know, she had lost maybe two kilos on virtually no calories compared mm. to, you know, her expenditure. So, is, um, is that quite unusual though? Would you like, um, or, I mean, or is that, yeah, that was, pretty that's common? That's probably the most extreme scenario mm. um, that I've really encountered, but it's not, it's you know maybe a more moderate version of that is more you know I'd probably, I probably I would be um, a bit of too much of a bro if I said I was putting loads of people on six hundred calories a day whilst doing what was it twenty yeah. hours of training a yeah, week okay. but um, it's a tricky well, one that one Martin because um, our listeners probably do have uh, you know a handful of clients over the years that that would have fought, and I, I I would say yes for me as well I, I work with exclusively with physique competitors so I'm lucky that they're all OCD robots and I can. Yeah. do what I will but um but uh, e even those you know I've had some and uh you know when the stresses of 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 either they pulled out from the comp or you know post comp and then everything sort of uh you know the magic and the synergy hap happens they're sleeping a little bit better and then the body comp increased calories a bit and the the body comp does improve or, or the water weight drops or whatever it is yeah. but it's a it's a tough one to recognize when that is the issue and, it, and it's not a, a compliant issue and you know yeah, what, 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 what would be the telltale some telltale signs for, for, for our listeners that, that may think that they're uber compliant they have a good relationship with the client and um, yeah. and it could be just uh, this hormonal cascade wreaking havoc and uh, causing a lack of uh, weight I suppose the, the skin folds would be one thing you would, you would probably say to see if the, the body fat's changing mm. Yeah, I mean that's my that's why we put it in the course because I just we we had a lot of people who wanted to do the top level course but they actually turned up to the day and these are some of my kind of biggest fans biggest followers turned up to the day lit completely unknown to me and said I don't think I'm going to get a lot out today I'm not it's not something I'm going to use um, 
and went away from it going, oh my goodness, this is going to be a kind of integral thing that I use with certain clients. Uh, be- because it's just that thing of, it's, it's such an objective marker. You know, you compare it to a DEXA scan in terms of the cost and the, the issues with mm. kind of water and, you know, change in macros affecting DEXAs, yeah. you know, versus air displacement, plasmography, like BodPod, which is just rubbish, <laughs> BIA, which is rubbish. So um, it, it's just such a useful thing for people who train because even then you get you know just that little bit of overtraining and physique athletes you know they're coming up to comp because they're kind of slightly underfed they don't sleep as well they don't want to back off training because less training is never a good thing and um it's the only objective measure i've found that you can go actually there's progress occurring here Mm. and then it just becomes you know our being a skilled practitioner in terms of your consultation process kind of dotting dotting i's crossing t's with all the the lifestyle lifestyle factors i suppose looking looking um, yeah making sure that you really understand what's going on so that's why i think having a coach is so important like i think if i ever competed again which i'm never going to but (laughs) if i ever competed again I would have to have a coach because you drive yourself crazy. Yeah. You can't be objective. And um, that's exactly what I was like. Oh, I need to reverse diet. I need a cheat yeah. meal. Or I need to... <laughs> no, you don't. You just need to adhere to a deficit for longer. Yeah. Martin, what about um, just actual for our listeners that don't have uh, the skill set to do the, the skin folds? What about just measurements, tape measurements? Would you be seeing... Uh, similar movement or obviously not as uh, good as the skin folds but could that be something that would show that 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 progress even though the the scar weight's not changing yeah if you can be if you can be really consistent with girth measurements you know it's, it's an easy just like try and actually measure where you're measuring rather than just picking the kind of yeah. point you know waist is the easy one because you measure the smallest part yeah um you know, uh, kind of hips measuring the greatest protrusion of the gluteals, essentially. You know, you can get those little helpful things and an arm girth and thigh girth, etc. Yeah. But but even then, if anyone does does train general population, every coach will have had that woman that the scales didn't move, but her yeah. clothes started fitting better. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. so, it's such a useful, it's so okay. non-sexy, but it's such a useful tool. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, we're we're not much into non sixty here on under the bar, but we'll we'll run with that one. Right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, while you're uh, we're talking about that reverse diet, I mean, thrown around a little bit of metabolic damage and all this type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, my opinion is, uh, like my clients, some of my clients will will sort of say, oh, okay, we're going to reverse diet now. What are we going to do? And it's like, no, you know how to eat. You're just not going to stuff yourself post comp, and everything will go back to normal. Like, what's your um, what's your take on that? And and you know. I think it's sort of changed in the industry and there's not as many pushing this whole uh, you got to reverse diet and, uh, and all this type of stuff. Obviously, you know, control energy intake, but, the, you know, methodically uh, taking, you know, a couple of months to bring your energy back up to uh, a theoretical baseline uh, just doesn't make sense to me. You're sort of stringing out that process of having enough energy for the body to uh, achieve a, a healthy homeostasis. What's, uh, what's your thoughts on that and um, on that? Yeah, so for me, um, reverse dieting was a uh, was a really, really positive thing uh, 
you know it needed to happen it needed to have the like spectacle the arguments the people exaggerating it saying that you should reverse diet the same amount of time that you dieted for all of this kind of jazz <laughs> wow. but but then when we got on to the for me like i put on 29 pounds in nine days post-show nice just horrific um, <laughs> oh, not so good yeah yeah so it's just such a it's such an unhealthy way to be yeah. and so for me it was like yeah that methodical moving back towards you know not going crazy it's just unnecessary um mm. and probably you, you kind of end up in a bit of a worse place i mean some people might disagree like okay yeah you just put all the weight back on um instantly but for me it's like just doing it a bit more gradually a bit more slowly you know definitely not reversing out of a deficit just to maintenance like everyone now agrees mm. um you jump straight back to your new maintenance at least and then add some calories yeah um and then it's kind of like okay well then how fast do you do that is it four grams of carbs a week definitely not uh, or is it you know 500 surplus or 300 surplus and i think for me, it, it ends up being that very much a client-centered approach. Mm. But I, I think I probably, if it was me, I'd really like to do it a bit slower. Like, just gain a bunch of weight back maybe, you know, not a bunch of weight, but put on, you know, a few pounds very quickly in a few days. And then actually go, yeah, I'm just going to maintain a surplus back to where I was and then and then above, rather than being being your kind of pre- diet you know 12 16 20 weeks ago being back there in two weeks three weeks mm. actually gain some body weight and i think it is different it depends on how badly your sex drive has been hit how badly your yeah. mood has been hit how but you know if it's like your wife's gonna leave you yeah probably just keep eating until you have a sex drive again yeah. but if you're if you're all right then then maybe don't you know go back to instantly baseline you know move back your inner calorie surplus which we know is probably the best way to be looking to gain muscle yep. and yes you're at a lower body fat so there might be things like okay your testosterone is still slightly suppressed your you know leptin is still slightly suppressed but one interesting thing i've i've had some you know, well off clients over the years who just were like yeah let's just test my bloods every month and i was like yeah, yeah why not it's your money um, it's really interesting for me and um you know, in those cases, it's, it was amazing to see how terrible some of their testosterone profiles were, but they were gaining muscle. And um, okay. so I just kind of think, yeah, if you're in a calorie surplus, you progressively, you know, you've, you've got loads more energy than you did, you did when you were dieting. Mm. If you can progress in the gym, it's actually just extending a gaining phase a bit. And you're, you know, again, mentally, as I was saying, kind of personally, I'd love to just look a bit better for a bit longer with more calories, with more of a life, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, mm. But I think, yeah, metabolic damage. I don't think anyone. I don't know, but I don't think anyone realistically still believes that, do they? <laughs> well, Cam over there, we'll probably get a grunt out of Cam. He's, he's a little bit behind the eight ball, but. Martin McDonald, 
uh, part one of his yep. fascinating chat there. Good, covered good, good. some uh, really interesting topics there, Rory. Yeah. A bit of a different spin on the whole reverse dieting thing as well, you know, like come back to baseline yeah. and, and, you know, put a bit of weight on, that's yeah. fine, then chill out. Or yeah. listen to your body yes. and just keep eating until your sex drive comes back online yeah. and everything starts feeling good and, yeah. you know, that's, that's a bit more intuitive. Yeah, and that's for male and female. So uh, we'll be but back. That, that, I mean, when you think about that, Tom, just before we move on from that mm. one, that's pretty much... Yeah, you know, we mentioned men's health earlier in the program mm. um, with the, the Chrysler and uh, Nelson coming out uh, under the Icon banner later in the year. Mm. But, you know, I will say that that's the, the penultimate uh, mediator of whether you're eligible for testosterone therapy or not, independent of what the blood chemistry will say. Mm. It's, you know, that, that libido and that um, that's uh, an indication that the body is, is in a, a, an optimal state when it actually has... Uh, the desire to to reproduce, reproduce. you know what yes. I mean? Yes. So, and just like women with the menstrual cycle, and um, but libido for them too. Yeah. That's obviously a big part of it. So, yeah, really, really, uh, mm. I, I think that more so than, uh, than anything the, else. Than anything else is a real good indication. I often ask my guys that: Has libido? Has it come back yet? Yeah. It's so. kind of like what the evil genius was referring mm. to last episode, Rod, and mm. he said, "Well." using sleep as the analogy it's as base to life as eating and shitting yeah. and if sleep isn't working he doesn't necessarily go and specifically try and fix sleep, sleep he yeah. said you can't fix a systemic problem with a specific solution yeah there's a reason why sleep figure out crap. the body figure out what's going on and sleep will take care of itself I Interesting. guess a similar kind of thing where you know that, that primal urge to reproduce yes. is yeah. probably I, falls into that category yeah and I like uh, when you said primal urge for our listeners he actually held, clenched his <laughs> fist and held it up all 12, all 12 inches of his, of his forearm <laughs> and this big bulbous head on the end and he said and he said and he, <laughs> he did yeah. yeah bulbous word of the day <laughs> I like anyway, it anyway yeah, yeah. Just doing what we do. But, we, that's uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll talk to everyone next week. We will. Yeah. <laughs> or, or will we? <laughs> well, we're off air. Yeah.